0: Hey Wild Ones, welcome to the first episode of The Wild Love. I'm Dana, your host, and this is a place where weary hearts come alive. I truly believe that we are all here to learn how to love and be loved. Honestly, I kinda think that's our purpose. (laughs) I love a really good adventure. If you know me, this past summer, I moved into an Airstream and did a solo cross-country trip out west, just me and my golden retriever in the wild, wild west. However, the greatest and most wild adventures are the ones that we take into the interior realm, the regions of our heart that have yet to be explored. And today, we're gonna do just that. So I've spent most of my life restlessly searching for answers to questions like these. Where do I belong? Am I worthy? What is my purpose? Am I too much? Am I not enough? What comes next? Honestly, the questions are endless. And in the questions, there is inevitably so much suffering. The world wants us to think that happiness is the point of our existence. You know, even, there's even like a prescription for it. You go to school, you get a good job, you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you build a fence, you retire, grandkids. Happiness, right? <laughs> even if we hear that and logically know that that's, that that is not the only way to happiness when shit hits the fan and we find ourselves feeling lost or without clear direction to go forward, we often will default into thinking that something is wrong with us because we didn't take the prescribed path to happiness, which of course then makes us the problem. At least that's been my experience. I've tried my own hand at the prescribed quote-unquote good life or happy life too, but it just hasn't worked for me. I've found that I've made, I've been made for something different. And I found that the life that I thought that I'd have by now is totally not the life I'm living. I used to joke around with my friends that I'm 36 right now. Um, I thought by the time I was 24, I'd have five kids and a golden retriever. Well, I have the golden retriever. I don't have the kids. don't have the husband anymore. <laughs> um, so life is definitely not the way I thought it would be. <laughs> In fact, My life has been marked a lot more by suffering than it has been by happiness. And you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. You might be asking, what? What is wrong with you? Okay, (laughs) fair question. I'll tell you why. Deep suffering that I have experienced at an early age in my life has carved its way into my being. I think of like taking an ice cream scoop to a fresh carton of ice cream and just taking that first scoop out in the way that it carves so beautifully into the ice cream. And that space that's been carved out in me has become a container for deep joy, gratitude, love, kindness, gentleness, tenderness, truth, beauty, and freedom. We spend so much of our time and so much of our money building resistance walls to keep the suffering out. Yet resistance only causes more suffering. Higher walls. Longer fences. Is that living? Honestly, I call bullshit. (laughs) Here's the thing. I've tried to resist suffering too. I mean, I do it all the time, and in really sneaky ways, by people-pleasing, anxious attachment tendencies, avoiding anger. God, it takes so much courage to see the ways in which we resist suffering. It takes bravery to ask questions out loud that are constantly playing in the background of our minds. So what does suffering have to do with love, you might ask? And why would you start a podcast called The Wild Love (laughs) off by talking about suffering? I mean, it's a little lame. It's kind of a downer, right? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Wild One, because I believe love is what we are all destined for. But it is never forced on us. It is something we choose freely, and we always have a choice. We have a choice in who we love. We have a choice in how we approach difficult people. We have a choice in how we love ourselves in the kind ways or in the not-so-kind ways. We have a choice in how we move and make our being when nobody is looking. We are always given opportunities to choose love in every decision that we make. And when we love, we simultaneously open our hearts up to the possibility of being broken. Which leads me to a story. So this past weekend, I crashed a wedding. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay, not really. Um, But I subbed for my mom because she was sick and so my dad needed a date. So I was like, okay, I'll be your date. I know. So cute. Well, it was a Jewish wedding and I've never been to a Jewish wedding, which is wild. But all I can say is it was so much fun, a total celebration of life and love, and the joy in the place was just palpable. At one point in the ceremony, the rabbi retold the story of the couple's first date. And I guess on this date, the groom accidentally broke a bottle of wine. Yikes, right? But the rabbi went on to say how the broken bottle was a good omen a symbol not unlike the stomping on glass at the wedding ceremony, which he did, which was so cool to see. Um, And it's it's really a sign of the fragility of relationships and how they must be handled with care. So I'm Greek and we have this tradition in Greek culture of breaking plates. And so I wonder if it's kind of that same um, tradition. It's something that we do in joyous joyous occasions, right? Um, But there's so much symbolism behind it. And then he explained, the rabbi explained, that in the breaking, there now is something to work with. There's something to put back together. And I believe that it is really an invitation, a space, a container made for love to rush in. I also... I think of those. I think they're Japanese bowls. I don't remember the name of them. Maybe some of you know offhand, but there are these bowls that are broken, and then there's this art of putting the bowls back together um, with like gold. I think, and these bowls just become this beautiful piece of artwork that once were they're just broken, cast aside, and then they become stronger because they've been put back together in by like a stronger substance. and they're, they're just beautiful works of art. So that's kind of how I think of this concept of, of the breaking. And then that being actually a really beautiful invitation to allow something stronger to come in. And um, that substance is love. So I don't know where your heart is right now, wild one. Maybe it's shaky. Maybe it's armored up. Maybe it's numb. Maybe it's open. Maybe it's beaming. But if you find your heart to be weary or broken today, I invite you to breathe in this question. What would it look like to allow love to fill in the cracks? Love is the thing that I want to be filled with, the thing I want to be glued together by. Every nook and cranny. Every darkened corridor. So let's open up the windows. The air is sweet today, my friend. Let's let our hearts breathe. I know the questions are painful. And I'm not sure if they'll ever stop, if I'm honest. I don't have a self-help formula to make them go away. But I do know one thing. If you allow the questions to simply be with you, you'll find they soon become less prominent. You'll learn to coexist among the questions and see that life is happening all around you despite those questions. If you take a deep breath and accept that the questions may always be there, you might just find your morning coffee somehow smells even better than yesterday's, your surroundings a bit more vibrant, your interactions just a little sweeter. I'll close with this beautiful quote from Rainier Maria Rilke. Have patience with everything that remains unsolved in your heart. Try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books written in a foreign language. Do not now look for the answers. They cannot now be given to you because you could not live them. It is a question of experiencing everything. At present, you need to live the question. Perhaps you will gradually, without even noticing it, find yourself experience the answer, experiencing the answer some distant day. To recap, here is today's simple takeaway. Number one. Just because your life doesn't look the way you thought it would look by now, doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. You are unique, and when you embrace your uniqueness, you'll find the beauty in your unraveling story, I promise. Number two, the questions are normal. (laughs) The unresolved places in your heart don't need to be solved today, or tomorrow, or this year. So what would it look like to step fully into your life before the questions are ever answered? Until next week, let's try to love the questions themselves. Let's have patience with every unresolved thing. Let's live within the questions.